Good morning, fashion friends. Welcome to Fashion Friday. All right, Fashion Week is quickly approaching, so I thought maybe I should talk a little bit about my some of my predictions, I think. Um, so soon, New York, London, Milan, and then Paris, the streets will be filled with chic showgoers wearing, of course, their best outfits. This is one of the things I love about Fashion Week not just going to the shows. Um, you know, and I was thinking about this. This is kind of something that's morphed out of this. It's called this, we, we hear this phrase, street style. It's become a kind of a catchphrase now. And I think it's more watered down these days. Really what street style used to be years ago was truly that. It was the style on the street. So it wasn't what you saw in fashion shows. It wasn't the latest and greatest necessarily. It wasn't um, labels. It wasn't the most expensive thing at Bergdorf's or the trendiest thing. It might be, but it was really something more a little, I want to say a little edgier. It was kind of a style that people created themselves mostly when they had no money. So that's really what street style used to be. Um, I remember growing up as a kid and of course, it wasn't called street style then, but noticing this. this, And, you know, I, I think that's kind of a little bit where the maybe the phrase people watching comes from. Maybe. I mean, it, you could be talking about that. And you could be talking about street style. So people's individuality coming out and people being creative. Of course, Fashion Week draws that out even more. And uh, there's lots of it's I always say it's like going to the zoo. You know, it's, you know, so if you go anywhere around where some of the shows are now, the shows nowadays, again, different. Um, it used to be in the tents, which was at Bryan Park. And all of the shows were in one spot in the tents. There were a couple different shows going on at once. And basically in that whole maybe know, maybe a, a 10, 20 block radius, we'll say a 10 block radius, you could really see street style. <laughs> I mean, you could sit at a Starbucks and just sit in the window and watch or sit in the park or whatever. <clears throat> And there was like something for everything, something for, you know, really, really hip and chic to really odd and weird. And what is that? So that's changed a lot. There are no longer tents. There's no longer Lincoln Center. It's basically very spread out. Um, there are a couple of spots where there tend to be more shows. There's a, a place downtown, um, and there's a place uh, around, uh, I'm thinking of the studios. It's like a studio, and there's uh, areas where there's a big venue where there's lots of shows. I think it's around 33rd Street, right around the post office. Um, and then uh, downtown, there are some studios <clears throat> on the west side. So those, generally speaking, are more busy than other areas. But there could be a show, you know, on the Upper East Side. There could be a show in Brooklyn. So um, having said that, there are a couple of places where you'll see a little bit more of this quote-unquote street style. But I, what I like about it is, it, you know, it's become its own separate category. I mean, if you look on any fashion blog, even if you pick up a, ma- a fashion magazine, or if you look on a fashion website like style.com, let's say, there will probably be a tab that says street style. So I feel like it's now become its own category. It's a little like ready-to-wear, couture, you know, formal wear, whatever you want to call it. It's called street style. Did we get ripped jeans from that? Interesting question. Maybe. Hmm. I don't I don't want to say I know for sure, but probably. That sounds like it would work, yeah, right? that's what I thought too. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, who actually started? I would think it was someone that, yeah, their jeans were worn out. Maybe they didn't have money to buy new, or maybe they just didn't want to buy new, mm. and they started to rip. And then yeah, I wonder they, they began to see the style in it, right? Mm. And and it became more and more. It would make sense if that 
came from street style. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think a designer did it first on the runway and then people copied. I, I think something like that would be the other way around. Yeah. Sounds good to me. So anyway, I always like watching. Um, you know, I know my fashion game is upped, you know, when I'm going to fashion week to shows. Um, it's changed a little bit. I think I've gotten more casual, but still I, I, it's thought out. It's some, not thrown together. Um, I don't think I'm ever really thrown together, but there's certain days where I'm way more casual than I am dressed up. Fashion week, I'll usually um, pick something to focus on something really fabulous so it might be a pair of shoes it might be a huge vintage necklace it might be a hat it might be a coat um i've gone to fashion i've gone to shows and usually it's a couple of days that i'm going um but i don't go to shows every day it's a that's a lot um i'll pick my favorites i don't go to every show i go to out of the ones i get invited to because it's the other thing you have to be invited to 99.9 percent of them um, of the ones I get invited to, I'll pick my favorites because you really could run yourself ragged, you know, up and down and out to a burrow and back um, trying to get to the shows. And then shows usually don't start on time. That's the other thing. Hence the term fashionably late. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then there's that. And then you're late for the next show if you've got back-to-back shows. Uh, but anyway, I pick my favorites and then I I think about my outfit and I think about what show I'm going to and just, you know, how I'm feeling. I don't necessarily dress in that designer because I feel that's really only for the front row and celebrities of like and some people do. I don't think it's wrong, but I just don't feel compelled to do that unless I'm sitting front row and Sometimes I am, but most of the time I'm not, you know. So, um, but I like to use it to the time to really get creative, and I will take one object and it will be, you know, that's the statement. Um, Last year, I remember I was, in September, I like to have more fun than February because February is freezing and it's just statement coat, that's it. (laughs) I could be wearing pajamas underneath. September is more fun if the weather is better, so you can have a little bit more creativity with your outfit. Um, and last year, I do remember one show, I wore a black turtleneck, a pair of black pants, black boots, and a really cool vintage coat. It was a purple um, tapestry coat. But the coat was amazing, and I literally was just in black turtleneck from the Gap and, you know, a pair of black pants and shoes, and that's it. But I kept my coat on. The coat was definitely a coat you could keep on inside, and um, it was simple. So um, anyway, there are a couple of things that I think I'm going to make these predictions based on what we've been seeing, of course, what I think we'll sort of we'll see a lot of in the street style category this fall. Um, and a couple of them, like I said, they're sort of trending right now, but I think we're going I think we're going to see more and more and more. I, I have a good feeling about when trends are going to take off. So one of them is uh, weird shaped bags. That's the only way I could describe it. Odd-shaped little handbags, so meaning like one is shaped almost like a Tootsie Roll. It's kind of long and round, oblong. Um, Lots of little uh, asymmetric bags I've been seeing. Um, This summer we saw a lot of the wicker bags. We saw that last summer as well. So that continues into the fall. I've seen little wicker bags. It looks like a basket with a little handle. And then I saw this one. It had a lucite top. That sounds like the Nantucket 
that, that you're similar. describing. Yes, a very. I would say like that. If that was the original version, this is a modern version of exactly of the Nantucket bag. Hmm. Just it'll have maybe like a leather strap, or there's more adornment to it, okay. or there's beading on it. Um, but I just saw this really cool. It was a, a round or square? No, square. So it was a rectangle shaped bag, not very big, maybe like eight by ten. And so it was long, you know, long, rectangular, and it was wicker, like a, a firm straw wicker. And then the top literally had a lid that closed. It was probably about maybe, I don't know, three, four inches in depth. And then the top, the top of it was a piece of lucite that closed over. It was the coolest thing, hmm. I thought. Um, then I saw another bag that was octagon-shaped. And again, like a wicker bag and had a little porcelain parrot at the bottom of it with a tassel. So just very odd, odd shaped bags I've been seeing. And I love this. Let me tell you, this is like a girl after my own heart. This is totally um, up my alley. Um, So unusual pieces. I feel like these are things that you could collect. These are things that will set your, you know, all you need is that. And there's your statement piece, even if you're wearing jeans and a T-shirt. So weird shaped bags. Lots of leather. I think we're going to see more than normal and lots of leather on leather. I don't know how I feel about this trend yet because I think this could go terribly wrong. I think this could just be eh, not good. So I think it's going to have to be based on fit. So the top and the bottom and the jacket, whatever it is, if you're going to do a lot of – it's a little like denim on denim, which is easier. But I think leather on leather, that could get tricky, especially if people start to play with – color (laughs) it might not be a good thing but we'll see um also square toe heels i've started to see a little bit that's very 90s by the way um a lot of open toe boots too but i've seen a lot of open toe this summer i've been noticing in stores here and there trickling in i thought "Mm, i bet you we're gonna see this at fashion week um also I'm calling this one reinvented trench coats. Now, I talked about trench coats and how I love them, big fan. But the trench coats really now becoming more than just a piece of clothing you wear in the rain or the wind. So, and and by this, I mean different colors, different patterns, different shapes, different fabrics, even fabrics that might not be the kind weather resistant, the kind you'd wear in the rain. Um, I've seen a leather trench coat. Which what but so trench coat meaning the cut of it it was double breasted it was longer um, you know it had a belt but then it was leather so not a trench coat <laughs> not a traditional trench coat um, I think we're going to see a lot more of this definitely colors and patterns already we're seeing um, the use of tweed the use of um, other fabrics other than like I said what you'd wear in the bad weather so trench coat style let's call it. Um, I also think we're going to see a lot of chunky jewelry. And this, again, this I feel like this was a trend not so long ago. This was, got the statement necklace was probably, let me think back, maybe seven, six, seven years ago. Yeah, probably six, seven years. Not that long ago. But a lot of chunky jewelry. I think the dainty is out. I know the dainty is out. And sort of big, chunky chains. Again, very 80s. Very like that. If you think, I always think of Run DMC. I just think of rappers in the 80s with the big gold chains. Something like that just pared down a little bit. So maybe one with a T-shirt. Or it's a big, chunky bracelet, and that's it. And um, so I think we're going to see a lot of that. And this like light layering jewelry is making its way out, which I do love that. I think 
But for me, that's a little bit more casual, and I also feel it's a little more summery. I think heavier, chunky jewelry I would do more in the colder months just because it's heavy-looking, and, and it's not necessarily heavy in, in weight, but I think it's heavy-looking. Mm. I also like to be a little more sim- simplistic with my jewelry in the summer months. Um, so these are a couple of the things that I think we're going to be seeing at Fashion Week this fall. And um, I don't know. We'll see if I'm right. I'm definitely going to do a little segment after Fashion Week is over in a couple of weeks about street style. I always do. And I like to compare um, New York and London and Milan and Paris, specifically New York and London. I think there's a clear difference if you really look. And if you you have to look. You have to look on websites. Obviously, I'm not in all, all these cities. But you have to kind of dig. And there's there's um, websites now that do a little segment on that as well. And they'll report on sort of the street styles in each city. So I like to gather all that information and kind of compare it just to see what's trending in each city. And I don't know. For me, there seems to be a clear difference in each city like Paris Fashion Week looks a lot different I think it's a lot more glamorous than New York or London which would make sense right I don't know I'm not sure yeah I think so I mean just remembering back to uh, when Carnaby Street became huge yeah in the 60s was that 1960s maybe yeah. not sure it, London was just they were the only ones that knew what style was it seemed like at that yes. point Yes, and the Beatles, the huge influence mm, from the Beatles. Could be. I think yeah. that had a lot to do with it. For me, London, is, what I love about London is there's such a huge influence There's a, a, with music and fashion. Oh. And we didn't, I feel like here we do that now, but we didn't, it wasn't always such a, as big as an influence as it was and is in London. And I feel like there's that. There's that, like London street style, I think, was really born from music. And it kind of morphed, and then it morphed together with fashion, hmm. you know, with what was going on in fashion. So maybe the ripped jeans came from there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know either. Maybe it's – I'm thinking more like Jimi Hendrix. I think he ripped jeans. I don't know. Right? Definitely. I don't think he wore ripped je- jeans, no? though. That, no? That no. was – that really was quite a few decades later, I think, ripped jeans ah. came in. You think it was the 70s? It definitely wasn't Beatles. We know that. Yeah, right. It wasn't. It wasn't their look. And now I'm thinking 80s, 90s. But you might be right. Like, as in being sold in the store as a trend. Yes. Yeah, being a thing. Which was only shortly after seeing it being done by hand by people. Right. And soon enough, the businesses realized, well, we we can need to market this. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's 80s, Mm. 80s, 90s. I'm going to say. I'm trying to think when I started wearing ripped jeans, it definitely was not the 80s. But I was younger, so maybe it was the 90s. I don't know. Um, Now I pay extra for those ripped jeans. (laughs) (laughs) I I could hear my grandfather saying, if he were around today, saying – saying that exact thing. Did you pay extra? Can't you afford a pair of jeans that aren't ripped? You know, I could hear that comment and, you know – same thing with the the sandblasted and the bleached and the, oh, oh, remember because yeah. we had ash, acid wash yes that's right that's right and then we had all that started to yeah okay stone wash stone wash oh yeah. my goodness <laughs> throwback phrase yeah. stone wash I forgot all about that I do remember this from the eighties in terms of jeans because you're right you know designer denim premium denim 
became a thing in the 80s. We know yes. that for sure. Right. So Gloria Vanderbilt, Jordache, Calvin Klein, that was clearly the 80s. So you're probably right. They didn't start ripping them until later on yes. <laughs> in right. the 90s. I remember this. I remember pinstripe jeans. Do you remember that? In the 80s. Because I was a kid and I desperately wanted a pair. I they can't were, picture that. <laughs> they were, I maybe it was just a, probably just a girl thing. It was, they were just dark denim and they came with little white pinstripes. And I remember the pair I got. I was probably in junior high, was like a blue and a pink, little tiny pinstripes on dark denim. Yes. Mm. And I just remember how bad I wanted these jeans. Mm. How bad I (laughs) wanted the for and I finally got them and I got the and I loved them. Um, but yeah, but it was after my first pair of, of Jordache jeans. My first pair of designer jeans was Jordache. This I remember, and I was a kid, and it was where, a big deal. Where are Jordache jeans now? I don't know. Do they even exist? I don't yeah. think so. No. Gloria Vanderbilt does not. I mean, I don't. I don't. I think she passed away. Right? I don't know. I'm not sure. I have a book on her. Um, anyway, that's a good question. Calvin Klein's still around, though. True. All right, so I'm going to take a quick break, and after the break, I'm going to call this segment Crossover Pieces, and you'll find it, you'll want to know why. Stay with us on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677 or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. We're talking Fashion Week. I'm so excited. Um, And uh, I'm thinking about trends and things like this. And I also started thinking about how I approach my wardrobe differently. And then also how I encourage my clients to, uh, that I style to approach their wardrobe differently. Um, And I think it's, it's something that we've morphed into. So crossover pieces basically pieces that are already in your closet that you can find a way to weave into another style. So I'll give you examples. So so maybe it's trending, maybe it's not. So for example, swimsuit. You can now wear as clothing. Like it's a thing, okay? And here, first of all, I've done this, so I stand by this. Um, more and more we're seeing swimsuits that are swimsuits, but sometimes you thought, Oh, would I really wear that in the water? Now, there's there, this has always been around, but I feel like there's more and more brands popping up where you see pieces like, for example, a one piece you could wear as a bodysuit. So you could wear it with a skirt or with a pair of pants. Um, you could easily do that. Uh, now, I'm not suggesting you walk out of the house in a bikini top and jeans. No, that's definitely a different look. But I did do this. I did. So I had a two piece that I bought and I wore the top as a top with high-waisted pants. But let me explain. 
you would never, if I showed you the top, you would never think that it is, you would think, well, you'll never go swimming in that. And you're right. I don't. I haven't. (laughs) So when I bought it, uh, my thought was that top is so cool. I'm definitely going to wear it. Besides, I would wear it to the beach for sure. I wouldn't wear it in the water. And I could. It's bathing suit material. The top is actually a combination of mesh and uh, spandex. Um, the bottom is just spandex. So I could, but it's really pretty. The top is a little longer. It's midriff, so it comes down to my rib cage. So it's a little longer. And it's one shoulder, and it has this huge ruffle that goes off one shoulder. Definitely doesn't look like a swimsuit. Yeah, I and can't I, see ruffles in the water. No, yeah. and bi- I'm talking it's oversized ruffles. It's not little <laughs> itty-bitty. It's huge. It's almost like the size of my head. And it's really cool. And so I wore that top. It's black and white. And I wore it with a pair of black silk high-waisted trousers, wide leg trouser. It really, I thought it was really cool. Uh, I did that last year. And then, of course, the obvious one is the wearing a one-piece swimsuit as a bodysuit with whatever, jeans or a skirt or whatever it might be. And then remember, we're going into fall. You can layer it. You can then layer a shirt, a denim shirt over that or a sweater over that cardigan. Um, so getting double duty, I think, you know, this is the way we shop now. This is the way I think a lot of brands are presenting items, things that do double duty. We're getting more bang for our buck. So I think I'm just taking it a step further and giving some suggestions. Um, but I really love this, this whole sort of work to weekend day to night. I mean, it's like there's a clear shift in, in the way women think about dressing, you know, we, we, we see this all the time. Oh, this is day to night, desk to dinner, you know, or work to weekend. Yeah, that's clothes giving us more bang for our buck. And how can I swap this out and it be seamless and or really easy and it still works. So um, why not do that just with your everyday stuff? So, okay, the other thing I thought about was sneakers. Let's talk about how much, by the way, there are sneakers on my feet right now. Uh, three, four, five years ago, there would always be a heel unless I were really going to work out. Um, so now that the sneakers have changed so much, we've got a lot of platform sneakers. We've got a lot of sneakers that don't look like sneakers. It's not your typical trainer. There are a lot more options. They're not just for the gym anymore. Um, so add it to skirts. I think it's perfectly acceptable to wear it with suits, provided it's office appropriate. So if it's just your office's business casual, why not? You know, I'm not saying if you are a corporate lawyer, you wouldn't wear sneakers into the courtroom. No. But if you've got an office job and it's casual or business casual, why not? I think it could it works well. Um, I also love just trousers and a t-shirt and sneaker. Um, it's comfortable. It's more practical. And like I said, there are so many different. It doesn't have to be a tennis sneaker. It's something from that all the way up to something that's very techy looking and Velcro-y. We've got the 90s influence now. We've got 80s influence with neon. Um, there's really something for everyone when it comes to sneakers these days, as we've talked about here on the show many times. So sneakers, start thinking about that, wearing them wherever, whenever. Um, very little exceptions. Okay, black tie affair. No, you're not going to wear a sneaker. Um, but, you know, all different places you could wear it more than we used to. We probably would remember the old, uh, what was the movie? Oh, Working Girl. Remember? Where she would wear her sneakers, the commuter. She'd wear her sneakers and she'd carry her heels in the bag mm-hmm. with Melanie Griffith. Yeah, so that, I don't think you have to carry your shoes anymore in the bag. I think you can wear the sneakers just as long as it works with what you're wearing. Right. I mean, yeah. 
you know, that look was definitely a little more dated, but I think it's possible to make it work, especially with pants. I don't know so much about a skirt. It would depend on the skirt. Depend on, you know, flowy skirt, yes. Probably pencil skirt, no. I don't know. And again, depends on the, the sneaker. Okay, leggings. This seems like an obvious thing, but, you know, leggings now, again, not just for the gym, not just for working out. Now we see, I feel like everybody, if we walked into the grocery store down the street, we probably would see at least 80% of the women in leggings. And good news is you can dress them up. They're, they're so, so much more now. There's better quality out there. It's not just a four-way stretch spandex. There's better quality, be- better fabrics, um, shiny fabrics, matte fabrics, different colors, compression leggings. Leggings really can be made – they can be dressed up. Um, and I think you can really wear them in place of jeans. So I think that's some, there's something to be said about that. It's not just the old school leggings and they would get stretched out. And sometimes you'd have like you're the, in the knee would kind of gap after a while. They're, it's much better now and uh, better, better made, better quality. Are leggings part of the athleisure group of clothing? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, they're definitely, it's definitely still gym clothes. But we have now, more, again, more options that go into the athleisure section where it's like I, for example, have leggings that I call them my quote-unquote dressy leggings. Okay. So it's leggings that I probably won't sweat in. You know, it's a little bit fancier. It's better quality. They're made better. They fit better. Even the fit has gotten better. You think, well, mm-hmm. how hard is that? It's actually probably not as easy as you think to get something to be slim-fitting, and hold its shape throughout the day, kind of, kind of like jeans. Mm-hmm. That's why they put spandex in jeans. Then they become less; they don't become so baggy, and they fit better. So, um, yeah, I, I would say it's part of the athleisure for sure. But um, so many different types now, and different styles now. We're seeing leggings not just be solid black or gray. It's colors, and you know, lace up the side, and mesh panels, and cutouts, and I've seen so many different types of leggings. Just in probably the past two years, we've really seen a lot more. So you could play with that and really make it be a part of your wardrobe other than for the obvious, for the workout or for running to the grocery store. You could, I mean, I like leggings with a longer jacket, like a kind of a boyfriend jacket. So it's a little bit longer, comes down past my hip. And then a high, knee-high boot, and then I'll belt the jacket. So it almost gives you that equestrian look of like, uh, you know. Jodhpurs? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, so you can do that. A trench coat. I, again, I stand by my saying you need to be wearing a trench coat for basically three seasons. And I think this is something, again, not what you just wear in the fall or when it's chilly, windy, or rainy. You compare it really with everything. I've worn a bright yellow trench coat over my shoulders with an evening dress, with a cocktail dress. And it was great. It was like that little pop of color just over my shoulders when it got chilly. And um, I thought it looked great. It was something different. It wasn't a shrug or a shawl or a sweater. It was something different. And it was a, you know, in the evening when I left the event, it was cold. So I put it on and, and it's belted and it's fitted. Um, I think this is something that um, we could use more of. And again, just like the leggings, so many different options now. There's definitely something for everyone. I just bought another one. (laughs) (laughs) And this one, I can't wait to shoot this for the blog, by the way. It is really looks to me the silhouette is probably more 50s. 50s style, like a 50s style ladies dress. Think Lucille Ball. 
very fitted on the top, belted, and then it really kind of bells out. And when I put it on at first, I thought, oh, is this too much fabric? And then I thought, actually, I'm going to wear this as a dress, which was my idea. So I'm going, I'm going to shoot that soon. That'll do it for this week. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH. Oh, oh.